When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our city. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, for all of you non-fun-having, fun-sucking losers who complain about the positivity horn and the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP theme, you got your wish. You fucking assholes. You pieces of shit. Dickheads. The Red Sox lost the series, so now you'll hear neither of those two things. Unless you want to talk about Masataka Yoshida. Jaron Duran? Jaron Duran. I thought, hey, I thought Yoshida's defense sucks. I thought that guy couldn't play left field. That's what I was told. He only hits the ball on the ground. He hit a fucking ding dong today. I mean, Jesus Christ. Worth every penny. Give him another $100 million. That's what I have to say about that. That's what I have to say about that. There will be no positivity horn as it pertains to Caleb Ort on this podcast. Oh, oh, are we going to go there? Are we going to go there off rip? No. Get ready. <laughs> you better be ready. I have a petition when the time comes. Yeah, go ahead. You can say whatever you want to me, but all the anger and aggression should be pointed towards the people that don't believe in Caleb Ward. No, are you kidding me? You lack any accountability, Jared. You lack any accountability. This is this I'm embarrassed for you. I'm I'm accountable. You didn't even tweet it. I know. I that that's why I'm being accountable. I don't want to start with Caleb Ward. That's not where we need to start. (sighs) I think we need to start at the beginning. Yeah. 
I think we need to go back to the first game of this series. A game you should have won. That's my point. It's a game you should have won. There's only one person you can blame for it. And I saw fucking idiots like Steve blaming Alex Cora. Steve's a dumb fuck. <laughs> the bullpen was short. They, uh, what's that guy they called up? His name is like, what? Uh, uh, Johnny Botafuco. What's his yeah. fucking name? Brendan Bernardino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. You hit a hit on the nail. One more time. Joey Botafuco. <laughs> they, they fucking, they picked him up off waivers, right? Yep. Mariners. And picked him up from waivers. Call him up. It's a big spot. They got him out there and no one was warming behind him. So that's all you needed to know. You fucking idiots that are blaming Alex Cora for that loss. Chris Sale was given quite the long leash. And some were saying, oh, he has one good start and you give him a longer leash. No, it's because the bullpen was running on absolute fumes. That's why you had Botafuco out there for fucking... I mean, he got out of it, too. Like, it wasn't even like... Yeah, he uh, gave you two innings. Like, yeah! The, the reality is they went to Ryan Brazier after sale just to try to get by there, and then they pushed Bernardino to give you two, but think about it. In <laughs> that... Honest. You're right. Think about it. Those last two games, Winkowski and Cutter were unavailable for the series opener, mm-hmm. and then uh, Richard Blyer and John Schreiber were both unavailable as well. Yeah. So how, you, how many straight games did they just play? Like, 19? 19 and 19 days, right? Isn't that what it is? 19 games in 19 days. You're going to run into problems. The fact that fucking uh, was it was it Valdez that made the error last night that in the ninth? Yeah, Who fuck? it was. Valdez. Yeah. All right. Because we're going to get to him, too. But. What? No. Uh, well, first off, if you try to excuse that for Caleb or I, I, listen, you're going to get suspended. Listen, you're going to get fucking spare suspended. Spare, spare me. me. Spare me, Jerry. Spare, spare me. everybody no, listening spare who had to watch Caleb or right. your support for him. That has anything. put him in this situation. I didn't even have, I didn't even have a take. You're putting words in my mouth. You set Jake, him up I, to fail in life. Hey, Jake, Jake, did I say anything about Caleb or yet Don't in this podcast? fucking talk, Jake. Nothing. Not about this. I didn't fucking say a word. I didn't say a word to you. This is this is like if if a manager if a manager was mic'd up with an umpire, this is what it would sound like. I didn't fucking say a word. I didn't say anything. You act like you're Madison Bumgarner, and I'm sitting here starting shit with you here. You like are. I'm, I'm from. You're no, looking, I'm not. You're, hey, you're looking for a reason to talk shit about Caleb. No, no. I'm, I was I'm driving not, to hey. the stadium, and you flipped off my wife and my children. That's what you wife. did. You don't have what? a wife. I have a girlfriend. Okay, that's not a wife. Jake, is that, is that the same thing as a, as a wife? Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Fuck off. Not even close, dude. You need to stop spreading lies. Okay. First we'll and get foremost, there. yeah, we'll get there because I want to start with Chris Sale because there's a lot to unpack here with the Chris Sale thing and uh, shout out to RDT, Orioles fan, loves his Orioles, friend of Adley Rushman, they're, uh, they're close pals and he was talking to me after the um, Monday game, Sales Monday? Yes. I don't know what fucking day it is anymore, dude. I have no idea. Every day is the same when you work seven days a week. We're just out here grinding, Tyler. You, you know the deal. Jake knows the deal, too. He I'm out here like that. Balls off. Uh, by the way, we'll be at Fenway this weekend. Uh, Tyler, you gonna, you're obviously not coming, right? Which day? We'll be there every day. On Sunday, I'm in New Hampshire until like Didn't two ask. or three. Uh, okay. Friday or Saturday? Are you going to be around? 
Potentially Saturday. Saturday could work. Okay. All right. Let's figure it out then. Okay. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice to see you. Little bonding time. Yeah, sure. I think it'd be great. I think we'll it'd be see. great. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and get some interviews this weekend. Depends on the podcast. I don't know. Like it might be this one. It might be baseball's dead. I don't know. We're going to try and get something. We're just throwing a little fucking a little, 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 little tadpole in the pond. What? You got anyone on your list? I know there was some Tanner Houck talk at one point during spring training. That was someone you were hoping to have a little chat with. Yeah, maybe Duran. We were asking for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe Duran would be cool. He's very topical at the moment. <clears throat> we'll, get to, we'll get to some Duran comments that were made later in the program. But Duran would be a nice catch this weekend. Um, would you talk to Caleb Ort? Oh, I would love to talk to Caleb Ort. I think Caleb Ort hates you. I don't think you think he hates me because I put I put so much expectation on his. (laughs) You've made people believe in some something that just isn't going to do it. That's not true. He's got the best stuff on the staff, and I don't want to. I don't listen. I don't want to talk about. You're making me talk about Caleb Ort. I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be a man of the people, and I'll be patient. Keep going. Yeah. Is there no? I'm, I the question was to you. Who would you want to me to talk to this weekend? I think Jaron Duran would probably be at the top of my list right now because I think right. everyone has Jaron Duran fever after years of, I'd say ninety percent of people falling out of love with him and a lot of them becoming haters. Yeah. I haven't seen any Jaron Duran haters the last two days. Like the How last of them him? are on Twitter are gone. Mm-hmm. You look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> now the people that like. Um, if you have anything bad to say about Jaron Duran now, then it's like a weird grudge. Like you're just one of those like people that can't admit that you're wrong. You're like, yeah, well, pfft, yeah, he's three for four. He wasn't four for four. Oh, dude's he hit a triple a shot of the cycle. Yeah, dude hit a grand slam. Well, I mean, it was kind of like weekly hit. It was only like 108 off the bat. You see O'Neill Cruz hit one that was 119 the <laughs> other day. It's like, <laughs> well, all right. Well, we'll try and we'll try and get Jaron Duran, but Josh Winkowski. I don't think he'll talk to me. That's fine. I don't I blame think, him. Yeah, he, 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 I, I could be reading into it, but he gives me some side eye, I think. I oh. think he, yeah, but I think it's because that tweet, like, guys aren't stupid. If it's not, if it's not like, it's never like the player that is actively, some players do search their names, but it's usually like a friend of the family or it's a friend of the player or it's a family member and like they see it and like, you know, you can say one thing about a guy and it just sticks with them forever like it doesn't matter if like i suck your dick for 95 percent of your career if for like that first five percent i'm like this guy has a shit attitude and he sucks at baseball then like they'll just hate you forever and that's fine i i totally get that like i i I hate flip-floppers and there are a lot of them out there like there's people that will be like you know big fans of section 10 front row at the show buy all the merch take a picture fucking five million times and then they're talking shit about you in, in like a year so like, yeah, flip flopping. Don't love it. So I'm I don't think. It, but like in my case, I'm not flip flopping. I'm just like, all right, when you suck, I'm going to say you suck when you're good. I'm going to be like, fuck, yeah, this guy's great. But I I can I can respect and appreciate a player that's like, no, fuck that guy, because he didn't he didn't support me since day one. You weren't with me shooting in the gym with Josh Winkowski. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, that's fine. It's not going to it's not going to create a bias for me. If 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 there's if there's an issue on his behalf, it's not going to stop me from giving him praise when he looks good. As president of the Josh Winkowski fan club, I will not stand for my boy getting hate. I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't do No, not him. I'm speaking towards you, Jared. 
Oh, like if, oh. if he's looking at you with the side eye, oh, I, I love the player, but I'm going to feel some type of way too. I'm going to have a little right. side eye going as well. Yeah, I think just you know you get to a certain age where you just don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about what people think about me at all. But I think you, uh, well, I'm more curious. When he was bad, you didn't tweet anything bad about Josh Winkowski? Did I, I? I hate to bring this back to the surface. Did I not call him Brian Johnson quite a bit? Remember that was like a thing for a while, and people it was in the subreddit. I was like, uh, there's Brian Johnson vibes where it's uh, a lot of averageness. Nothing's playing and he's not missing bats. Oh, uh, well, I mean, now, see, that's just like a fair assessment. Th- that's reality. That's why he's out in the bullpen right now pitching the way he is because the stuff's playing up. He worked yeah. on his slider, so he missed more bats. I think that's also, a realistic just, evaluation of the guy. I also just didn't. And you know what? This is this is perfect. Why? Why you would be such a big fan of his. I never said he sucked. My biggest issue with him last year was when he was pouting, but he was not figuring it out. He just, he was in the dugout. He was sitting there and he was pouting. And I don't like that. Get up and support your teammates. Don't pout. Cora said it. it. At times he was too worried about strikeouts. You know, there were things, there was maturity that needed to happen. I think he's shown that another great outing uh, yesterday, picking up the bullpen. I think his ERA is a 147 now, anchor of the bullpen. Um, but you can recognize growth. And I think that's what we've done. And, if anything, I think we were early on the Josh Winkowski train this year. Yeah. I've always someone who's seen him as more of a reliever. Like, this is the guy. We saw him throw. A, we throw. We saw him throw a ninety-seven mile an hour sinker one time. We were like, "Yep, there we go." That was it. Can't call us haters. No, can't. I mean, can't call me one, but that's fine. Anyways, I digress. It was. Uh, I've like set the stage for this five times. I'm sorry. No, it's me. I fuck. I, I'm going off on tangents too. We're scatterbrained. We are. And there, I mean, you know, Red Sox lost the series. We got punched in the jaw. We're just like a little rattled by that. But I'm not. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. I'm just not used to. I'm not used to going into a podcast with a negative mindset. It's been a while. There's been a lot of fucking and not a lot of, you know, yeah. this. Suck on it. So I'm I'm just trying to navigate my way through the waters of um, a lack thereof positivity. But I brought up RDT because he was the one that brought. I didn't see the comments. I didn't see because I watched the Cora post game. I did not see him allude to pitch tipping or whatever. But Cora kind of like implies, right? That, do we have the quotes exactly? He implied that they might have uh, uh, sale might have been tipping his pitches and that the Orioles might have picked that up. Yeah. So the way it played out and I was watching the post game too. you hear the question before. I do know when Nesson posted the video, it was just Cora talking. So you do lose like the context of the conversation. There was never any kind of, you know, hint of Cora being like, oh, you know, I don't know how they were doing it. It was. Yeah, basically it seemed like something wasn't right with sale. A guy who's tipped in the, in the past, he has a history of doing this throughout his career. If you look at different points and it's been a conversation, but he was like, yeah, it just didn't make sense when he was going against James McCann, throwing 10 pitches like Chris sale didn't register a strikeout. He's never done that in a healthy start where he hasn't left without an injury. Two, Two swings, swings and misses. misses. Yeah. So that's like, what, what I said. That's After what striking said. out 11, your last start. Like normally, even- normally I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't say, like if Chris Sale gets rocked 
This is not the season to be like, they must be cheating. If this happens in 2017, just like on a dime, where Chris Sale magically just fucking sucks and he's getting rocked and guys are barreling him and there's no swings and misses and he doesn't even strike out a guy, then you'd sit there and be like, well, that's a little fishy. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's... This guy's out here striking out 17 Rockies and uh, then he just doesn't strike out any Orioles. That's a little bit suspect. But I think to me... What I said to RDT was, uh, it I can see why it would look suspicious coming off an eleven strikeout start against uh, Minnesota, and then you have zero strikeouts for the first time in your career in a start that it did not end in injury, and you only have two swings and misses. That seems a little bit suspect and even when it's come to sale it's not like when he's been hit hard he hasn't been striking out guys he's still been striking out guys it's just he was hit hard when they'd make contact yeah i also don't want it to make it sound like i think that the the orioles are cheating like if you pick up a tip that's legal like if you if, if a dude is tipping his pitches then that's just baseball like i'm not saying the orioles cheated i'm not saying they didn't earn it like you know chris sale fucking has has not been good this year He's had one good start, one dominant start against a a bottom of the barrel type offense, or at least like the names are not bottom of the barrel, but they've performed bottom of the barrel. And so that's why, you know, coming off of that outing, I was a little bit optimistic. And and for a while there, it was going good. Like he was keeping them off the scoreboard. It just he wasn't doing it with with strikeouts and swings and misses. But again, I don't think the Orioles cheated. Alex Cora said, I'm the last guy that should be accusing teams of cheating. And he didn't. It's not what he did. It's no. just kind of like you look at the you look at the 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 factors in play here and you're like, well, yeah, it would make sense if they had something on them. And you go back to it like the Orioles have now seen sale like three times in about a month. Like the, that spring training start, the one where he got rocked was against yeah. the Orioles. We know that was the first the- time that he because he was also pitching really well in spring. And that was the first time that he got touched up. It was the Orioles. I think they just see him really well. And that's it. It's just the video in the quote lacked context. And clearly it got back just the quote or whatever it was. When he was answering that question, it was in the frame of pitch tipping of something being off in that light. And just he said it. A million times in the quote, credit to the Orioles. Like, I'm not trying to take credit. Why would he put that spotlight on himself? A guy who's had to deal with all these cheating allegations and all this stuff. Like, I think at the same time, the Orioles, maybe they have noticed some pitch tipping. You know, that's not illegal. And they've picked up on something with him. And Alex Cora was in his playing days known for that in the dugout, being with a, you know, notice a guy who's tipping and kind of pass it along to to teammates. So, I don't know. I think it just ran wild and Cora went and handled it right after the game, after game two. So the next night, and it seemed like they buried the hatchet quickly. It just felt like a message that was miscommunicated. And when they talked about it after the game, Cora or, you know, the following day, Cora's like, yeah, we made some adjustments with sale where, you know, his mechanics maybe got out of the way or out of place a bit. And he wasn't as athletic as he usually is. So that probably factored in the slider went from, you know, 14 inches horizontal movement in his prime. It's been down to 11 this year. It was down to nine on Monday night. So he just didn't have it. I I think that's just what it was. And 
I know you thought the first couple innings he was getting by. I thought he got lucky. I thought Adley Rushman crushed that ball in the first inning. If he's at Fenway, that's a homer. Uh, Jaron Duran made that really good catch to Rob James McCann in the second. So, yeah, I, I think it's what we really focused on with Chris Hill. Why we were happy last episode, it was, can you harness your command? Can you do this, you know, multiple starts in a row? Right now, doesn't look like he can. We'll see what happens the next start. But this is a team who clearly has seen him well, has seen him multiple times in a month. And I think this is the inconsistency that we have to worry about with Sale moving forward. I don't even think it's inconsistency. He's just been bad. He had the one good start against Minnesota. Uh, I kind of got the sense after the start of Minnesota that this was going to be like a come, come up for air moment. We're just like, oh, let's just take a pause on the suck. <laughs> but I uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think about sale moving forward. I um, I feel bad for the guy. I, I know that I know that a lot of Red Sox fans are probably frust- frustrated and thank you fed up with, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe extreme to say like held hostage by. But that's kind of what it's been like. We've been held hostage here. Like how how often are we like, hey, you know, when Chris Sale comes back or hey, when Chris Sale figures it out, it's been years. It's been years of that. And I feel bad for him. It also puts us in a tough spot because we're now we're trying to we're trying to win ball games here. Like it's not World Series aspirations, but the Red Sox have a chance to be an interesting baseball team. And I don't know how interesting they can be if their quote unquote ace is is garbage um, more often than he's not. And that's why this Corey Kluber start was so important because that was the first time he didn't suck. (laughs) Like you've had Corey Kluber one time did not suck. All right. That you're you're being unfair. I'm not being unfair. He was good against the Pirates. Well, don't <laughs> oh oh it's the pirates year jared carabas that's all you ever say and kluber went out there and gave you what five innings of one run ball all right did they win no that's okay. not his fault all right, and well i will go out and say like i said last episode he was decent in that race start the bullpen made the line look a lot worse sure Corey kluber has been disappointing Corey kluber i mean like even like this this outing like, i'm not gonna shit on this this outing but uh, what was it like? Two strikeouts, three. Oh, oh, that's good Woo! for Corey. Listen, that's the Corey Kluber I love. Don't uh, I don't want to see Corey Kluber I trying also, to miss bats. Yeah, I fucking. If there's one thing that I hate when my pitchers do, it is strikeout batters. I for Corey Kluber, yes, can't stand it when they're just like, yeah. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Walk this guy. I need soft contact. Put the and that's ball in what, play against the, the pitcher that I'm rooting for. He's the a fuck? soft contact merchant. This is pop what you up. need from Corey Kluber. Pop-ups, 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 pop-ups. That's what I'm chanting when I'm at the game. I love that shit. I love it. it. You're mad because Corey Kluber isn't here striking out guys and making his pitch count high no. and then walking guys. No, 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 no. I fucking I like I just said I detest strikeouts. I Fill the that. zone, 
Give me the weak contact, and then yeah. we see Kluber give you six innings. Yeah, throw it right down the cock. See no what walks. happens. No it walks. It wasn't down the cock. Right down the cock. That's that's the motto. No walks. Right down the cock. Just pump fastballs right down there, and just see what happens. It can't. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You're not going to walk anyone. I know that. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way you're walking a guy if you're just. Pumping heaters right down the dick there. Let the movement play. It was moving. It was moving yeah, yesterday. No. Yeah, it was moving. Don't give me the nibbling. No, no. Hey, do you do we owe Corey Kluber an apology? I think so. I, I think we got to give him a little credit. Nope. What? He gave you six innings, one run. Still hate him. <laughs> this is unfit. This is not right. This Why? is wrong. Why? You're upset that he pitched to his strengths. I'm upset that the Red Sox lost the series and that Caleb Ward sucked. That's what I'm mad about. Well, fortunately, the one game that, you know, Corey Kluber actually showed up instead of Chris Sale shitting his pants out there. Kluber allowed us to win a game. I'm all. Yeah, they've they need this off day so bad. I need this off day so bad. I'm Uh, worried about you. You don't seem well. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not well. I'm not well. I uh, I definitely need a breather at some point. And maybe that day will come someday. It's not going to be the Red Sox off day. Cause I'll still be at 98, five, the sports hub with fucking Tony Maz on the baseball hour. Tune in six to seven on Thursday. It's usually on Wednesdays, but it got moved to Thursday this week. So I'll be talking socks with Tony Maz six to seven. Uh, also recording baseball is dead at 11 a.m. Uh, for the Thursday episode. Um, but uh, you can definitely catch me on 98.5 The Sports Hub, uh, where you can also see Tyler Milliken on the Zolak and Bertrand show, 98.5 The Sports Hub, uh, 10 to 2, Zolak and Bertrand. Um, you can tune in to hear Tyler there as well. Um, baseball hour on Friday. Baseball hour on Friday. You're going to be there, too. What do, you, do you do the whole show? Yeah, me and uh, Matt McCarthy sit in for the entire hour of Maz. Matt McCarthy. Matt McCarthy is a very tall guy. People don't know that. Too tall. Yeah. Big dude. Um, yeah, I'll get a day off. I'm throwing out the first pitch for Linfield Little League on Saturday. So are you ready? Yeah, I can't. Um, no, I haven't really thrown a baseball in a long time. Probably the last time I threw a baseball was the first pitch for the Red Sox. I'm concerned about you being in an event like this with your current mental state. <laughs> I, I feel like you're a bit of a danger right now. Well, I'll be at Fenway on Friday night too. I'll be I'll be at Fenway on Friday night. Uh, I'll be at I'll be doing the first pitch. It's like nine thirty in the morning on Saturday for Linfield Little League, and then I'll be at the game Saturday with my dad, uh, and then Sunday right back to doing the podcast again. So I we're gonna get some. Hopefully, we we'll get some interviews this weekend. I'm excited. It's a breath of fresh air to get back to Fenway. I don't think I've been back there probably what since I was in the fucking booth. When was the last time I was at Fenway? It's been a minute. A couple weeks ago. Because we're coming off a road trip right now, right? You weren't there in the Minnesota series. No. I mean, I pretty much only go on weekends, but. So the Angel series? No, I wasn't there for that one. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a while. It's time to come home. That's what I need. This This is how I rejuvenate. I go to Fenway. I hope so. Trust me, uh, I'll be good.
<laughs> I'll be good. Don't worry about me. Reel it in here. Reel it in. Yeah. Hey, listen. You know what? Look it. Look it. What? Like this. What, what was that thing you did earlier with the the turny thing? The reel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like. Uh, <clears throat> Don't even. That sounded like something. What? You're, you're gonna say something gonna inappropriate. Say. You're gonna say something inappropriate. No, I, I can see it in you're your just, face. You're, project, you're projecting. You're projecting. All right. What were you gonna say? It sounded like you were eating pussy. The baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and give $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park. With DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays, boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I actually just put a parlay out uh, while we were doing the podcast because, see, that's how busy I am that I, I'm doing parlays and podcasts at the same time. I did uh, Luis Arias to record a hit. I did Ronald Acuna Jr. to swipe a bag, and then I picked uh, Cardinals Moneyline. I, I saw the... I was watching the game last night. The Giants walked them off. I was like, cards, cards have sucked. So they're off to their worst start in 50 years. And they just got walked off last night. Like, you got to respond. You got to respond. Come on, cards. Figure it out. Join the big league action right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Carabas, C-A-R-R-A-B-I-S. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Carabas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Um, Jake prints off my schedule every week and puts it out there. And then people will like text me or like ask me, like, Hey, like I have this like college project. Hey, can you come on my podcast? This and that. Like, What's your availability? And I'll send it to them. And then they'll just respond and be like, are you okay? <laughs> like, are you I'm good, worried dude? right now? Yeah. And I know like, you. Yeah. I, I, so I don't, I try my best to accommodate people that I care about. But at the end of the day, I really don't have like any wiggle room in my entire week. Like if, if you inject one thing into my week, it fucks up everything. Like it is, it is a house of cards. I feel like you're one of the few people that can, I I can relate to that. Like legit every day is booked. If I'm not potting, uh, I have to spend time with Martha. And I don't, not like I'm forced to, but uh, you know, I, that's part <laughs> I of my obligations time with my girlfriend. Um, you know, I, I, I would, do it. I'd like to still be in my relationship. And then I got to spend time with family. Like Friday, I got the baseball hour. Yeah. I got to be there for the baseball hour. Saturday there. I'm booked for Martha and Sunday mm-hmm. I'm in New Hampshire and we got a pod. There you go. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Like, uh, like Nesson was like, Hey, can you jump on a call at any point today? I was like, no, I cannot. <laughs> I was like, I God can't. Damn. I really can't. You really can't. This is, this is podcast number two of the day. We have the Red Sox day games. And we have dinner. After that, I still got to work out. And I'm maintaining a six-day-a-week workout schedule, Tyler. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do seven, so, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, Sunday's for Christ, as Jake knows. That's why I work out in favor of him. You do biceps for Jesus? Yes. 
Yeah. He fucking he loved uh arm day. Look at it. Yeah. All right, that's a bad angle. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was embarrassing. Move forward. I don't know why this shirt's structured like this. Just blame the angle on that. Bad shirt. What's on the back? Who's Nothing. on the who's on the back? No one? No one. It's just a pullover. Okay. All right. Stop judging me. I'm not judging. I'm just What's saying. On, who's on the back of yours? It's, I'm wearing a a, a, a sand colored hoodie. Loser. It's a Red Sox podcast. Yeah, it is. Can I bitch about something from game one? Um, can I guess <laughs> what you're going to bitch about? Yeah. Is it a, is it a base running play? Yes, actually. Exactly. Ooh, uh, someone, someone got thrown out at second base, didn't they? Third base, Third an old base. man, Justin Turner. On the Yoshida single. Yeah. Justin Turner got thrown out at third base on Monday. Um, Yeah. Spit some bars. Yeah. Not like him. So, you know, I'm not going to kill him. He's been consistently putting up good at bats. Had another, you know, RBI single today. But doing way too much. You know, that was a chance for them to tie the game for an offense that, you know, they were really good early in the game. Didn't really do anything after. That was your chance to tie it. Mm. Didn't happen. It is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm not blaming him. Chris Sale just needs to be better, but what hurt me more than anything was uh, what happened after that. The loss. The loss of uh, an important member of this team right now. Yu Chang. Yu Chang. What, he broke his hamate bone? Yeah. Which sounds worse than it is. Like, six weeks? I'll take six weeks, right? It's just, it's tough when you're like, you know, we had come to accept Yu Chang as he's going to give us great defensive st- stability at shortstop. He had taken over the spot from Kike Hernandez. I think he had played 10 to 12 games there, five straight. So, like, he felt like the stabilizing force during that Milwaukee series. They were able to turn double plays. He, he's hitting homers, starting to hit some rockets all over the field. Now you're in this world where Kike has to go back to short, and I'm watching Emmanuel Valdez learn to play defense at the big league level. I don't think that you're watching... Emmanuel Valdez learn defense. I think you're watching him exist in the big league level with virtually no ability to play defense. It's That's it's really scary. It's horrifying because he's he's bad. And I think the reports all said that he was bad. I didn't think it would be this bad. I didn't think it would be glaringly bad. Some guys where it's like, yeah, you know, he's He's the, he doesn't have a good glove, blah, blah, blah. But then they, they make routine plays and they're, they're not going to make the fancy plays, but they'll make Look at Yoshida. Plays. Yeah, Yoshida has not stood out at all defensively. He had a great catch today, diving for the ball, saved a couple runs. Didn't matter. They fucking lost anyway. God damn it. But I think with Valdez, this guy sucks at defense. He's a good hitter. Good hitter. But is he a good enough hitter to be a DH on a team? Probably not. Uh... I don't need, ah, you know what? I'm not going to compare him to Franchi Cordero. I'm not going to do that. I will say that was the name just in terms of how the ball is like going off his glove. Like these are, these are routine plays to the Mm -hmm. utmost level. Problem is Franchi was here learning first base on the go. Manuel Valdez is playing a decent chunk of second. He sucks at every position. You can't just like be like, oh, if you put Franchi at his natural position, that's where he really shines. Like, no, he sucks. Better at the outfield than at first base. But I think with Valdez, it's like at all. you're throwing balls. Just you just got to catch him, man, or just a liner rate to you. 
and he's up to what three errors already in like four, 20 right? innings. Is it four total now? I think they took one of them and made it a hit. Oh, well, it should have been an error. Yeah, so he had two entering today, and then he had that one in the first inning. Also, Arroyo is playing on a bad wheel right now. And he's not, you know, been great in general. So you're taking, you know, he has a peg leg and everything else is not doing what it needs to do. And that goes back to now how they have to get by here, right? So you're losing a little bit defensively. Now you're getting more Christian Arroyo. Yeah, it was supposed to be better by now, and it's not. Now. And he hurt his shoulder. (laughs) He's just falling apart. And yeah, he hurt hurt his hamstring in the Angel series, and then he hurt his shoulder, I believe, in the Twin series, maybe? Something like that. And all that being said, he still had the RBI knock the other day. Yesterday. Yeah, he had that nice little blooper. I'll give him that. It was not a blooper. It was a fucking piss rocket. All right, let's really right. Drove in a run. I, I think that's going to be something they are going to have to be very careful about in the next week or two. And I saw a lot of people were hoping for Jose Iglesias before he signed with the Padres. Some people wanted David Hamilton. Listen, I, I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest David Hamilton guy. It's nice that he got off to a nice start in AAA this year, but he's just touched AAA. And do I think he can handle shortstop every day? No, I can't. Evaluators say the same thing. And we heard evaluators say, yeah, Emmanuel Valdez can't really play second base. And for this pitching staff, they cannot afford to be having to get extra outs, at least the starting rotation. No, it's a death sentence for them. No, I don't think it's. uh, You're not you're not going to see the Red Sox play a baseball game as they were intended to be until the second half. But you knew that coming in. You knew that coming in, right? Like you knew that Trevor Story wasn't going to be ready until after the All-Star break. Like best case scenario, because there's still there still was talk that um, we wouldn't see him at all. And then the Adam Duvall injury happens after he was putting the Red Sox on his back offensively. But if the Adam Duvall injury doesn't what the fuck if the Adam Duvall injury doesn't happen. We don't get the. Jaron Duran redemption tour that we're on right now, which I'm very thankful for. That's, I think, why I'm so upset is that like, all right, you lost Duvall. You were able to, you know, move forward and your depth filled in. You filled in the cracks quite well. You almost sometimes looked put together a little bit better than you did before because you got Kike out of short and he was looking more comfortable at second base. Mm. Now it's like, all right, well, Kike is going to have to play short. It's Arroyo or Valdez at second base. So either you know, you're taking your chances with what Arroyo has given you this year, or you're hoping Valdez doesn't make a brutal error with the game on the line, especially with the competition you have coming up in May. You know what I mean? Like you, Chang, you knew if the ball was hit to him, he was going to make the play. Yeah. And he started to hit a little bit, which was nice. There was some upside there. Felt like there was like, all right, maybe he's figuring something out. Mm. They're just like, I mean, if you think about it, they're on their like fifth intended option at shortstop starting with Xander Bogarts hate to say the name hate to bring it up that was the original plan then it was Trevor's story then it was Kike Hernandez then it was basically Yu Chang then it was Kike Hernandez 
So like we're on like the second uh, Kike Hernandez as part of this plan. It's like plan E. Kind of. Yeah. It's like. It's plan <sighs> F, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't counting as you were going along, but th- that's where they are at. Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story. B. Kike Hernandez. C. Yu Chang. D. Kike Hernandez. E. No. Uh, uh, do you not know the alphabet? I thought I said six. Bogarts. Bogarts. Story. Chang. Kike. No, you forgot Great. Kike the first time. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It, Shut up. Tyler it's, Miller. It's, right. it's way down the line. Spare me. Just spare me, dude. Would you prefer something? Do you, is there a world where you're like, all right, like Valdez, I'd rather take a chance on David Hamilton? No. Yeah. It's just, it feels like a lose lose at this point, no matter how you're going to play it out. Yeah. I mean, the Red Sox have been winning game. I mean, I don't even want to call it winning games. Yeah. I guess they've been winning games. Yeah, um, three straight series before this. Yeah. They've been winning games with Christian Arroyo giving them next to nothing offensively. Um, but I, when when Casas, by the way, that fucking home run that Casas hit, oh man, I fucking I creamed it everywhere. <laughs> but if Casas figures it out, Yoshida has obviously turned a corner here. Uh, Rafi's cooled off a little bit, but he also had the home run that went onto like Utah Street. Um, but and and Kike had kind of turned a corner offensively as well. Verdugo's so, hitting as Verdugo does. Yeah, Verdugo has been great. So like other guys hitting allows a guy like Christian Arroyo some time to kind of get hot or figure it out or whatever, or get healthy in his case. So, yeah, I, I never want to like a guy that's supposed to be hitting like the bottom third of the order. I never want to put him in a spot where it's like, you need to step it up, dude, because if you don't step it up, then this team's not going anywhere. Like those expectations don't fall on the shoulders of that guy. Yeah, I, I think I just I want dependable defense and I'm worried we're not going to have that on a regular basis. And that worries me with this pitching staff. I mean, who, who the like show of hands? How many people are playing the fucking position that they were supposed to be playing? Like, it's not a lot. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just. I, I can't I can't get too frustrated about it, even though I want to. I don't want to. um do like the woe is me, like, you know, losing Duval and loot. Like, I'm not going to like shed a tear over Yu Chang. Like, how many oh, fucking people? I shed a tear over Yu Chang. How many people at the beginning of the year were sitting there saying, man, we need Yu Chang to stay healthy or else this team is fucked? When you get to plan friggin' E, yeah, that's what it comes to. I just want stability. I'm sick of any time. I agree. No, I'm not. I'm just upset. I need to talk. I I just I'm sick of any time. It feels like the Red Sox have momentum. Something like this happens that just it's like when you're playing Jenga and every time you get a little higher, one of the blocks from underneath just comes from underneath you. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of that. It's so fucking annoying. It feels like it's been happening for years where you can't just get through a stretch. Just give me a couple weeks like we're building momentum here of no injuries, of nothing going wrong. And it's like the minute you find that consistency where Yu Chang is playing basically every day and Core is not having to, you know, shuffle the lineup a ton in that sense, it's pulled from underneath you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm willing to settle here for Yu Chang right now. 
I was willing to be like, all right, you're not going to hit for me, but at least I'm going to get defense. Now I'm like, all right, well, I'm hoping Kike can handle the position a bit better than he did before. And I'm, I'm hoping Valdez can hit at the major league level. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he can field ground balls. And I like Emmanuel Valdez. I think he can hit. I really do. It's just. He can hit. He's been hitting. That's just why Cora, I think, leaned on Chang was how much that stability defensively was there. Yeah, I, I think especially if you're Alex Cora and guys are forgetting outs, you're making mental mistakes, sloppy defense. A lot of that falls on the manager. Like no one's really <clears throat> pointed their arrows at Alex um, because he hasn't really deserved it. But when you start getting down to that shit, the fundamentals of baseball, playing sloppy baseball versus sound baseball. Yeah, you, you knock on the manager's door for something like that. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't blame Alex for being like, you know what? <clears throat> I know that a lot has been made about Kike being the shortstop and wanting to prove himself, being an everyday player at the shortstop position. But, you know, we need we can't be making six errors in the first week of the season. Like, we just can't have that. So. Yu Chang, like, go get him, kid. And he was playing a really good shortstop for a while. But, uh, it, yeah, it, you're, I think, you're, you're not as good of a team now. And I, I will, I, I'll admit it. I'm not, I'm not saying that I was, Yu Chang was not a thought in my head at the beginning of the season. But after seeing him play shortstop, you're like, yeah, like the better team is with Kike in center field or second base or what have you. Like, obviously, Jaron Duran. That was a guy that people scoffed at the idea of Jaron Duran being a, a an impact player for the, for the team this year. Now he is. So then Kike goes to say, like things were sort of falling into place. The the pegs were going in the right hole. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, after the Duval thing, we were like, I don't know if any of these pegs are ever going to fit where they need to. At least you know they're going to have to figure this out as they go and hope. And it was like, oh wow, it came together quicker than I thought it would. And now you're kind of restructuring all these pegs once again. Like we were, we got to a place and we'll get there again, Tyler. We will get there again because think about where you were mentally as a Red Sox fan when Adam Duvall got hurt. You were like, why me? What the fuck are we going to do? And then Jaron Duran happens and you figure it out. And you were actually in a better place, I would argue. After the, I'm not saying like, you know, well, fucking thank God Adam Duvall got hurt. I'm not saying that. But you can make the case that Adam Duvall's injury led to, uh, I guess, better roster construction? Yeah. I I think things were just fitting where they needed to go. Like, Yu Chang was on this roster either way. So, like, I I just think that stability there. Yu Chang was giving you something where Core was willing to already step off Kike being the shortstop. That's a big deal. Like, I don't think you got talked enough in the moment, but for them to rework that and say, all right, we're going to move Kike at a second after all this talk, all spring training, whatever, just because it's what's working best for the team. That says something. But at the same time, where the Red Sox are, what is their motto? Someone goes down, someone else is going to step up. They said that the day chain went down. So you continue to do that. You just got to hope Emmanuel Valdez or maybe they bring someone in from the outside can step into that role. I've heard some people say maybe yeah, Nick Sogard because he can probably give you the most dependable glove. Maybe. But I thought Chang as bad as he was in the race series after that. I got to give him credit. He, he was giving you something that this team was lacking beforehand. Mm-hmm. But six weeks, it's six weeks. We're not six weeks. Ahead. We'll probably have Duval back. Do you think so? 
right? Uh, maybe, maybe a little longer, maybe closer to July, but what was it was Duvall? what, six to eight weeks, right? What was, uh, Duvall was, was six to eight. I thought he was more eight to 10. That might be more accurate. Yeah, I, I, I was told that eight was on the more optimistic side of things. Yeah, six to eight does feel a little short. I don't know why I had. What do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do when Duvall comes back? If Jaron Duran is still doing this? Oh, no, it is six to eight weeks for Duvall, by the way. Um. But I listen, I, I saw that question on Twitter. Don't even worry about that right now. Th- that is so far. You know, it's we're talking June. June? Yeah, it's almost May, dude. Look at how much has happened in a month. I know, but it's almost May next week. No, nah, when Duvall comes back, you figure it out. We'll see how Duran's hitting at that time. If he continues to be Ray this guy, you, you'd be in a happy spot. Yoshida and Verdugo. Some people would argue maybe Duvall's better in a platoon role. I think there's a chance even if they get to the trade deadline and this is thinking so far ahead. You're going to trade yeah. Duvall for Shohei. Yes. How did you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> grow up. Uh, I think with Duvall, yeah, you could send him off and maybe bring another part in that fits the roster a little bit better, but you don't worry about that stuff until you get there. It'll figure yeah. itself out. Yeah. Where does Shohei even fit on this team? Like you have everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you already have like James Paxton and... <laughs> Corey Kluber and uh, Chris Sale and who else we got? You're upsetting me. Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta we got. <laughs> we do have Nick Pavetta. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Bayo. Garrett Whitlock. Garrett Whitlock. Oh, yeah. Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck. Who I, 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 like I think we got to talk the Bayo thing. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I, I in recent memory, true. He was in tears. I didn't see the tears thing. I saw I saw somewhere that he was in tears after being told that he was getting demoted. I hope that's not true. I read the quote and I'm guessing a lot of people did, but it was him saying he was disappointed. Like he, he didn't expect it. He was like, I think my development at this point is like at the big league level, which I think a lot of us all agree with. Right. Like. He dominated in September. We saw what it was. While his last start wasn't excellent, it was a step forward. It was decent against a team like the Brewers. And the expectation from everyone, including Cora this year, was that he was going to be a guy, you know, like Whitlock, you hope anchor the rotation. But I think a lot of things have changed. The bullpen being short played a part. But Tanner Houck has changed this whole equation along with Josh Winkowski and Cutter Crawford. Like they want to see more of Tanner Houck at this point. Because now he's throwing the splitter. He's doubled his usage on that. The cutter is 15% of the time. That was even a pitch he had the year before. And he's been your best starter this year. Say what you will. It's not the most dominant thing. I think he has a 450 ERA right now. But out of consistency, Whitlock's got rocked. Sales got rocked. Kluber's got rocked. Like He's really been the most consistent guy out there. This is a way for them to kick the can down the road a little bit. And I think that's why Core kept saying it's not a demotion. It's really more roster based. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what are you crying about? Like, it's it's they got to do what they got to do. I'd be upset. Come on. That crying about it is honestly. I'm not saying crying, but I I, I understand the disappointment. Uh, Sure. Like, no one wants to go to Worcester. But at the end of the day, you have to look at it as like, they're not sending me down because I'm bad. They're sending me down because we got fucking moving parts around here. Like, it is what it is. Like, it's. I think it'd be one thing if they were like, oh, just, you know, we're going to Tanner help you basically, right? And kind of keep you there or, you know, keep you with the team for a bit and you hang around while we piece it together. It's like, no, you're going down for at least 15 days. 
you're going to make a start or two down there and we'll see where we're at after that. But if if correct me if I'm wrong, if if they put a starter on the injured list and it doesn't have to be the full 15 days. Yeah. Any if it's a reliever or anything, you know, he could be technically the guy they call up to fill that spot. Yeah. And we'll see it, if they do that. I, I like I'm not convinced that that's gonna, that's the case now because Corey Kluber decided to not suck against the Orioles. That they're just yeah, they're going to have because Paxton scheduled for another rehab start on Sunday. So it's like, how many how much long are you going to keep him down in AAA making starts? And he doesn't look good. Like he's getting hit. It hasn't been Sox. pretty command is pretty rough as well. Kind of similar to sale in a lot of ways. Eventually, you're going to have to make some hard decisions. They're not going to have a choice. And we've seen what Paxton, the Red Sox aren't sure what they're doing either. They're, they're trying to figure it out. They didn't expect how to show these things and kind of change the conversation. Like Especially that's why the spring that he had too. he had no control. No, they, they, it was always the plan to put him in the bullpen, but he's showing you something different. It's like, yeah, that's why they had Paxton follow an opener. They're like, all right, let's see it. Let's consider all of our options here. But you can only kick that can down the road so long at this point. So pieces are going to have to move. Someone's going to have to move into the bullpen. But you'd go and say, well, all right, kick Nick Pavetta. He's been your second most consistent starter. You just you need to watch. They're not going to move Whitlock. They're not going to move Sale. Kluber, I don't see him moving either because he just got a contract and now he's pay or he's pitched well in his last start. There's going to be hard decisions that need to be made. And you can argue at this point, Josh Winkowski and Cutter Crawford play the role Tanner Houck would. So that gives you the runway to do this and give him a couple more starts, but this is a way to do it without upsetting anyone besides a young pitcher who can go down and still get work in. Who else could you send down to AAA? Don't know. No one. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh, yeah, it's just a weird. It's a weird year. I don't want to like. I'm not going to take a turn with with bad vibes. Uh, just from one series loss. But it is a weird year. And we did talk about that even when things were going right, where you're not contending for a World Series title. You don't know because of uh, we, when we were talking about Corey Kluber, are they going to designate him for assignment? Well, you can't do that after four starts. And we had fucking Chris Cotillo on the phone and talking about that. Uh, like, I guess sort of questioning whether or not you're making moves to further the development of some pieces is that what this season is being used for or are you actually trying to win baseball games and uh you're trying to do both you're trying to do both essentially yeah like you're trying to further develop guys but um you're also trying to win baseball games at the same time that's why uh you know you've got Yu chang playing shortstop like that's not that was not part of the plan that but you know you're doing that because you're trying to upgrade you're trying to try and win baseball games you're trying to be more defensively sound and um but yeah you lose Yu chang kike's back at shortstop now so i know that that's not what uh what people want but maybe by comparison sharing a middle infield with fucking valdez over there that guy stinks at defense so in comparison it's gonna make kike look better <laughs> we'll see We'll see how that pans out. Um, I guess from like a a positive standpoint, again, I'll go back to Yoshida and him being able to continue what he 
sort of built for himself at the end of that Milwaukee series? Was that just a hot game slash inning? Turns out, I mean, he's he's up to like 280 with like an 850 OPS now. It's crazy. Legit, like middle of the order production. I think just about everything you could ask for in that sense. Yeah, he completely turned his season around in like three games. And like you look at some of the red flags we were talking about, like his first 13 games, the launch angle was negative 5.1 degrees. He was at the bottom of the league. Now it's 9.1 degrees. So like he's lifting the ball. We're seeing it. The hard hit percentage is up. The barrels are up. He had one barrel in those first 13 games. He's had three in his last six going into today. And that, you know, he homered. So like you're seeing the improvements and the adjustments. And I think that speaks to the talent of the player. Like for him to make these adjustments that quick and you're seeing it like happen in t- like that quickly in time where he's changed his whole first month of the season in a week. Like what more could you ask for if you're Hein Bloom and the Red Sox? Some people like adjustment wise, if he was struggling into May, we'd be like, all right, you know, give him time. It's going to take a bit. He's already looking like a middle of the order bat on April 26. Masataka Yoshida. On April, uh, on April twenty first, it today we're recording this after the game on April twenty sixth. So on April twenty first, Yoshida was hitting one ninety three with a five ninety four OPS. He's currently hitting two seventy six with an eight thirty two OPS. Like that's what you're looking for. Like it, I think it's more power than anyone expected. Like we're talking four home runs this month. It's what like a 24 homer pace or a six month season. Yeah, probably. That's more power I think than a lot of people had a mat. You know, especially during the off season, it was like 15, 20. Felt like if you were bold, you'd go around 20. Are we talking about a 280, 24, 25 home run kind of guy? Like you'd be very happy. That would be one of the steals of the offseason. Yeah. And just like we've said, like if Yoshida flops, that could be, you know, a death blow to Heim Bloom in some ways. If yeah. this is the guy he's going to be, it's the complete opposite. And you're like tipping your cap and be like, all right, like Heim, this is a big one in your pocket. Like you hit on someone that let's be real. You sign a player in Yoshida who's going to be one of the best players to come out of Japan. If he hits like that, a guy who will get comps to like a Hideki Matsui being that kind of middle of the order bat. All right. I am. uh, I'm going to give you your chance, Tyler. To speak your piece on a particular topic that. um, I think you've been waiting to say this and uh, we've been waiting a moment. Uh, Not not we. We. No, no, no. No, I'm not including you. I'm speaking. I'm talking about every person listening to this podcast right now. No. um, But before we do that, Jake, uh, I need you to. No. No. I need you to to tell the good folks listening in their cars, at work, at the gym, maybe. Um, Maybe they're on the couch, just chilling. Tell these people about Blue Moon. Spare me. No, you spare me, Tyler, because all I'm trying to do is talk to the folks at home about Blue Moon, and you're ruining it. For the love of God, can you put your personal vendetta against Caleb Ward aside for two seconds so I can get through this ad read? Because some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. 
Beer and baseball just go together, and no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. Look, we all know Caleb Ward sucks, and I'm sure Tyler can't wait to tell you why. And I'll be the first one to tell you, after he gave up that Grand Slam the other night, I could not have gone faster to my fridge to crack open a couple Blue Moons. I mean, if my fridge wasn't stocked full of Blue Moons during that outing, I don't know what I would have done. But Tyler, man, there's a fine line between not liking a guy and just being a straight-up bully. I mean, the guy organizes steak dinners for the whole team. Sounds like a pretty nice guy to me. And you're just out here bullying him. So next time you take to Twitter to talk shit about Caleb Ort, just remember this. Say no to bullying. Say yes to Blue Moon. And of course, spare me. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon. But you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's a -a one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch, or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that, as always. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, listen. <laughs> there's, no, you, there's no way you can listen. frame this in a positive light. Hey, come on. Listen. Valdez sucks, dude. Like, dude, this, fuck whoa, you. Fuck you. Hold on. You could make the case, and if you're a real baseball guy, you would know this. You could make the case that if Valdez makes that play clean, it's an 8-2 win for the Sox, and uh, we don't need to go to Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning. You can make that case. True or false? False. Can, can I ask idiot. you, why did Caleb Ort feel the need to go to second base there? He wasn't going to turn two. So so what was the... Is he trying to fix that ERA are so you, it doesn't look as bad? You're just, are, you, are you chastising Caleb Ort for trying hard? I don't, I, I don't know. I would have thrown to first base to get the easy out considering, you know, you were up all those runs at the time. Or did he just know he was going to give up the grand slam? Which one is it? I don't know, man. Can, but, you, can we go through an exercise here? Mm-hmm. You have a computer in front of you, don't you? Yeah. Can you type in uh, Caleb Ort's baseball savant page for me? Uh, it was down. Remember, baseball's fine. Was oh, that that was last night when we were talking. Mm-hmm. Not right now. It's still I have down. Oh, uh, you do? I do. Would you Would you like me to read it to you? Um, no. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. The only thing he's above 50th percentile in is fastball spin and fastball velocity. Yeah, he throws 100. <laughs> what else is he doing? 
win in ball games. Wrong. He yeah, he did. forced poor Kenley Jay, Jansen. Jake, Jake, Jake. <laughs> His last time out before this minor hiccup, did he not win a ball game? Yeah, he's one and zero. He did. He's one and zero. He's not lost one. He has not lost a ball game. Have you forgotten? Have you lost your fucking mind? What oh, happened what? in that game? With what? When he got that win? He won the game. Yeah, I remember that. I'm telling you right now with Caleb Ort. What? I think I think the people are done with him. I, I think everyone is traumatized think, from what he put people now, through. You think now they're done with him? Th- this was the final straw. I mean... He gave up two home runs in that ninth inning. You have... Just get he's the a, outs, throw the ball legit in the strike zone, and we have nothing to worry also, about. He's an elite reliever. Like how, Craig Kimball's one of the best relievers of all time, and he's, he's struggled in non-save situations. There's a fair chance Caleb Orr isn't on this team by the weekend. So his ERA right now is 730. Oh, oh, wait. But tell me the FIP. I know the FIP's good. But the FIP is 625. Oh, wait, wait, no way. No. How many K per nine is he? What is he up to? It's 8.8. These are all oh, good numbers. I forgot. He he's he throws strikes. Well, the walks must be really low. Uh he has he's has not intentionally walked a batter this year. Read me the fucking walk per nine, Jared. He has struck out 12 batters in 12 and a third innings. And how many walks? And he has only given up three home runs. Only? What what is yeah. that? A 2.2 home run per nine? He hasn't balked. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yet. He hasn't balked. Um, it. <laughs> Ryan Brazier did more in this series than Caleb Ort. Listen. Not wrong. Listen. His numbers are like right on his, his, his career numbers, really. I mean, that's, last- that's the biggest problem. Like the subreddit is so sickened by your Caleb Ort support that that they're begging you. They're begging you to let this man go. Like you, you've seen Titanic, you know the movie. Titanic. Titanic. You are mm-hmm. you what's her name? Rose. Rosie? Rose? Rosie? I don't fucking know. I, didn't, oh I wasn't in the movie. God, or I didn't dude. see the movie. You are a fucking asshole. And what's what's the Leo guy? What's his name? Jack. Jack, what did he? What did she do to Jack? Sucked I need you to let Caleb Ort drown. Let Caleb Ort drown, please. He's let already the- dead. Jack? Yes. He no, froze he froze to death. He froze oh, to he, death. He didn't go under. Yeah, after he froze to death. Okay, then let him freeze to death and die. I don't. I don't support that. Listen, the only reason why and. It just goes to show how many people don't listen to the podcast that should. If you're a Red Sox fan and you're not listening to the podcast, don't comment on podcast related bits. Please don't. Like, just shut the fuck up. If don't talk to me about Caleb Ward if you don't listen to this podcast. Straight up. Don't talk to me. If you don't if you don't listen to the podcast, you want to talk to me about Caleb Ward, fuck you. Um I said on this podcast, you were here, Tyler. Uh, I, I guess. said I said, because I started off by saying this guy fucking sucks. Every time he takes them out, he gives up a home run. He's terrible. And then I stopped dead in my tracks. And I said, you know what? I'm going to support Caleb Ort this year because literally no one else is. That's why. Don't I, even. 
Don't take this hero Tyler, fucking route. Tyler, Fuck you. This Tyler, is not the time to be a hero. This is on the record. I Fuck, said this skirt, on the skirt, fucking skirt. show. The record's been stopped. I said, I said, no one, and I mean no one, supports Caleb Ort. Somebody has to, and it's going to be me. That's where this started. That's where this came from. No one supports him. And and I'll I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why, Tyler. Who supports because, Ryan Brazier? It's because last year when I fucking hated Caleb Ort because of how bad he was, right? These were his numbers. He had a 1765 whip. This year, he has a 1784 whip. Okay? His ERA was 635. Now it is 7 Three zero, okay. He gave up four homers. Now he's given up three. He is just as bad, if not worse, than he was last year. I understand that he's bad, okay. Again, say it, it again. All last year, I Caleb said it sucks. All say it last year that he he was bad, but I felt bad that he was so bad. Because he seems like a nice guy. Didn't he do like the steak dinner and spring training? And I was like, someone, someone please support this man. Maybe that's all he needs is a hug. Maybe that's all he needs is just someone to come out and say, I, me, I believe in Caleb Ort. And, and I was looking around the room for someone to stand up and said, me, I believe in Caleb Ort. And you know what? No one did that. So me being a leader? And me wanting what's best for the Boston Red Sox, I said, you know what? Fine. If no one else wants to step up and support Caleb Ort, guess who's going to do it? Me. That's who. So I stood up for Caleb Ort, and I supported Caleb Ort, and I created the torture chamber, and I created uh, hashtag support, and and I, I did that for the greater good of the success of the Boston Red Sox. And I'll stand here before you today, Tyler Milliken, and tell you it didn't work. May I say something? It didn't work. Clearly it didn't. And the guy who's his number one fan doesn't even care enough to tweet the, the little orchard chamber thing that was maybe giving him some sense of hope. Maybe that gave him something. Because you were such a hero, Jared, that you gave up on him. You gave up. Oh, do you know who Caleb Board is? It was eight to two. And what was it after? Eight to six. And I'm pretty sure it was eight to one. It was eight to one. Let's let's not clean it up here. Gunnar Henderson took him deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Cedric Mullins and poor Kenley, who, you know, thank the heavens we have Kenley Jensen. Having to throw 11 fucking pitches. Oh, wow. Uh, Sorry, I expect a major league pitcher to be able to protect a friggin' seven run lead. Kenley Jansen is chasing 400 career saves. He will not have been able to have done that without Caleb Ort. Bullshit. You'll be able, you'll be you'll be able to look back on Kenley Jansen's career and be like, "Hey, one of your first 400 career saves, you got one because Caleb Ort allowed you to." That is that's what happened in the middle game. No. No, no, that, that is sorry. what happened. It's that not is true. What happened. You are re this is fan fiction. You're writing Red no, Sox fan fiction right I now. I would never do that. I would never do that. And listen, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for. Say sorry. No, I'm not going apologize to apologize. To me. Nope. 
I will not apologize for supporting a guy that I knew no one else supported. And if you recall, which I know that you do, the entire spring was about positive vibes. It was about let's keep the positive vibes. And I know what kind of sword I, I wield on Twitter. If I, to start the year, just started shitting all over Caleb Ort like fuckhead Steve does, then the negativity would have spread all over the place. Now, if I'm shitting on Caleb Ort, now people are questioning Heim Bloom. They're questioning Alex Cora for putting him in. They're saying mean things to Caleb Ort, who seems like he's a nice guy. I was trying to uphold the positivity vibes. That's all I was doing. And if I'm wrong for that, I don't want to be right. You're I fucking don't so wrong. You're the most wrong human that's ever existed. No, no, There's no, no. classy Watch. ways. Hey, there- hey, hey, Tyler. Watch how fast negativity spreads once I turn on Caleb Ort. If I you turn think the on whole Caleb team's Ort- gonna suck? Mm-hmm. I think the vibes will change drastically. You'll oh. see. What what's gonna yeah. happen? They're gonna give up what five runs in the ninth inning with another you know quadruple yep. A reliever hey. in the game. Is that what's gonna I, happen instead of giving up six? I have no regrets about about being a positive uh, uh, influence on this team. I have no regrets about that. There's a classy way. Caleb Bort did not hold up his end of the bargain here. He didn't. Clearly not. No. And, and you're you're sitting here supporting someone who can't even who can't do the bare minimum. I haven't made my decision if I'm going to continue to support Ort. I don't know. Oh, don't, now you're backing off. Oh, I thought you were Mr. Positivity. I, oh, I'm a I hero. I didn't call Clearly not. Here. You called me a hero. I didn't call you a hero. Oh, yes, you did. You were no Tyler Hero. That's a bar. I don't know who that is. It's a basketball player. I'm sorry. Don't care. Don't it's the NBA playoffs. Um, <laughs> back to my back to my point. Would you consider me a classy gentleman? No, Jake. You're a you're a fucking barn animal, dude. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. Like a goat. What's the one that has like? The, I am al- a goat. Thank you. No, I appreciate you're like an, that. You're an alpaca. What's the one that has like the goofy fucking tongue? That's like and then like. <laughs> It's like fluffy and shit. What's that one? Is that an alpaca? I think that's a, it's an alpaca. The peacock? Right. No. What? That's a bird. What? Are you serious? Similar, similar, similar vibes. Not even close, dude. A guy who owns an alpaca would definitely own a peacock. When I, I bought my dog, Samantha, shout out Sam, the Labradoodle, um, there were peacocks the on that farm. dog's name is Samantha? Yeah, she, I named her after Sam from Jersey Shore. You're an idiot, dude. What? Dude, it's called class. What's wrong with you? You didn't like Sammy Sweetheart? You named your dog after Sammy Sweetheart? I I was catching feelings, man. Those MTV marathons. You're a fascinating person, Tyler Milliken. You really are. I just didn't tell my parents. That's why I came up with the name. But I, I like Sammy from Jersey Shore. And I was like, that feels like a good dog name. Why you gotta judge me? I'm putting I'm a not, petition for I didn't forward. say anything. I didn't Jake say anything. Is, Jake is the counsel of this podcast, correct? Yep. Jake, 30, no, 30 no second what? suspension, similar suspension as the one I received last week for Jared's support of Caleb Ort. Does it pass? Yeah, I can't do that in all good conscience. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> Why? Because it's just like I, I was honest about it. I, I wasn't, um, I didn't commit any, in any crimes here. I just, it, uh, the only thing I'm guilty, uh, guilty of is trying to be positive for my guys. That's it. Can I, can I ask you, what did you call and Steve? Fuckhead Steve? 
You said that. I didn't say that. No, no, you, 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 no, you, you, I'm asking you what you said. What what did you phrase him as? I want to, uh, by the way, and this is, this is my case to Jake about this suspension. And you're, you're obviously going to lose because it's a rock solid case. Not with him in my corner. Did I, Jake, did I, or did I not tweet hashtag support before that outing? I feel like if I'm going to get shit for supporting Caleb Ort, wouldn't I have had to have tweeted hashtag support, which I don't believe that I did? Well, that's the problem when you say that you took, you know, accountability last episode for not doing it and then he blew. Uh huh. And then you didn't do it again and you're like, oh, I can't. This ain't my fault. I have nothing to do with this. (laughs) It's not my fault. (laughs) Did the Red Sox win the game, Tyler? (laughs) <laughs> fortunately because of Kenley Jansen a real reliever mm-hmm. they won the game because of Jaron Duran that's well, true as well on the podcast. all I'm saying is you this hero act you do you don't do it with Ryan Brazier no I don't and I and I actually know Ryan Brazier like I've never met Caleb Ward. Like that, <laughs> so why that, him over Brazier that fucking dweeb on Twitter that was like Jared only does this because he's best friends with the players. I've never met Caleb Ward. I've never spoken to Caleb Ward. I don't know Caleb Ward. I've never met his friends or family. I know nothing. Nothing. Has nothing to do with that. My mission was to be positive for the Boston Red Sox this season. And if I failed you, I'm sorry. If I failed you, I'm sorry. But I will not apologize for the intent behind my actions. Will not apologize for that. All I'm saying is I think I don't hate on Caleb Ward. I think I go about it in a classy way. Well, yeah, Steve hates on Caleb Ward because he's a fucking asshole. I, 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 I'm not going to speak on that. Um, but I think when I just people know when I tweet out, oh, Caleb Ward, they know they know what's going down. <laughs> That's when the spare me start rolling in. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting chains, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How how much much time do you think Caleb Ward has left? Not much. 
Do you think, I mean, if this is a competition, who goes first, Caleb Ward or Ryan Brazier? Uh, Caleb Ward, because he has options and they can keep Brazier. They can't send Brazier down. No, they cannot. So Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes got some good numbers this year. Yeah, the, the advanced metrics aren't as good. We'll see. I, I'm not. I'm not caught up on Matt Barnes. That's right what now. they. T- that's what they told him last September when he was putting up good numbers. They were like, "Yeah, you know, I don't think it's sustainable. You, you seem to be getting a little lucky." Yeah, like, I, like a. Like a I, I'm not picking my poison out of. Roll, slow your roll. Uh, I, I'm not picking my poison out of Ryan Brazier, Caleb, or, or Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when I look at those guys right now, and Matt Barnes is complicated because the contract and everything. I do think there's different elements to that that shape that deal. And they chose yeah. Ryan Brazier over Matt Barnes. I'm not a Ryan Brazier guy. I'm not a Caleb Ward guy. You're not? I hate you. All in a in a dream world, you don't have to lean on any of those arms. If you know a Wyatt Mills is healthy, if Julie Rodriguez is still around, maybe you have one of them. And they're getting kicked out midway through the year for like a Brian Mata or something. Caleb Ort will have his day. Do you want me to give you one positive on Caleb Ort? Please. He still leads the bullpen in stuff plus. See? <laughs> Kenley Jansen's got- a 125. He's a 126. He's got the best stuff in the pen. No, that, all that tells me is that stuff plus is uh, not very reliable. It is reliable because he has the best stuff. No. They actually called on the guy with the best stuff to finish off the game. And now Cora knows if I have a if I have a seven run lead in the ninth inning, it's not enough to contain Caleb Ort. <laughs> well, bring on Chris Martin this weekend. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I wish I had Caleb Ort in the freaking eighth inning. I didn't say that. Yeah. Let's not be ridiculous. Let's not put words in my mouth. That's how you get sued. And I'm suing Pat Light. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I was very... Pat's been on my mind a lot because of how bad Caleb Ward is. Um, (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I saw you're suing him just with the hopes of hanging out with him. Yeah, I... he said he's been getting sued a lot because he's a a bar owner and there's always like liability lawsuits and everything. So I was like, what happens at these bars? People just get drunk and they fucking fall down and smash their face on the sidewalk and chip their teeth and they sue the bars <laughs> for over-serving them and for like dental repair. Like that shit happens all the time. Not me. No, not me either. I can handle myself. Mm. We'll find out. We'll find out this weekend. You have some we'll drinks. See you at Fenway Park, yeah. Some alcohol. Did you say Saturday? Saturday would be the one maybe. It's a maybe though. I got I got to I need to convene with Martha or that probably that I don't think that's a word. Go back and forth. Convene is a word. Yeah. What did I use it right? Yeah. Extrapolate. Extrapolate. There you go. What does it mean? I already forgot, but I I practiced it when I saw it in the subreddit this week. Extrapolate. Did you see the conversation in the subreddit actually, about me you, and Jake? Uh, what what would your your intro would be for section ten? Yes, and I, I thought it was very I, that was probably my favorite thread over the last couple of days. Why? Because they were talking about you. Partially, yeah, but you're not, I do you're think narcissist. What does the word narcissist mean? You love yourself, like you're obsessed with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I, I don't know why you'd throw that characteristic <clears throat> on me, but I think as anyone who listened to section 10, you'd picture what, it, what, what would you say if you were in like, that spot? I don't, you tell me you this is your thing. It's not my thing. Someone put like the dolphin sound from SpongeBob. And this right here, this is Tyler Milliken, and he doesn't know how to tie his shoes, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realest guys in the room. Steve, how you do it? Do you want me to do it? No. <laughs> I, I can do it. I don't want you to do it. Okay. In hey. the mother. Fucking building. Presented by Coors Light. But you can't say that. Presented by Blue Moon. Suck one. <laughs> I think I think uh they're the same company, right, Jake? Yep, owned by the same company. Yeah, owned by the same company. That's all right. Yeah. I mean it was it was it was sponsored by Coors Light. This one's sponsored by Blue Moon. That's gonna mean a lot more to people than I think you realize. What? That you just did that. <laughs> I I did a couple lines when I went on um, Steve's podcast. People were pissed. What? Uh, you were struggling through it, were you not? Well, I mean, I was also like, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Like, I gotta like, it's almost like, uh, you know, like a pitcher. Fucking, they they go on like the back of the mound and like they say like a little prayer into their into their hat and then they put their hat on and then they get focused and they pick up the rosin and they get on the rubber. Like I got to do all that. Like I got to get in the right headspace before I can deliver on the like original section 10 intro. Get your fastball back. I have my fastball. It's like, you just, you just got to warm up first. You can't just throw 97 rolling out of bed. You got to throw some warm up tosses. You got to stretch. I mean, if that's the comparison you want to use, then, then my reasoning still holds up. Big Kluber vibes. Kluber throws fucking 85. Um, Jaron Duran. All right. Jaron Duran. So I'm going to try and get Duran for the Nesson show. I mean, I'm obviously going to try and get an interview with him for this show. I want an interview with Duran for the podcast. But on the Nesson show, I want him to come over and do a, a like arm day with me. I was even referring to that. What were you referring to? The post-game comments that went kind of crazy after game two. Oh! Oh! I get what you mean. Uh, I reacted so strongly, and I don't always do this. I texted you right away. Hey, you did. And I was like, hmm. It was interesting, wasn't it? Do you have it? I have it. Let's hear it. I'm just connecting... I'm connecting really quick. Oh, okay. Connected. All right. Ready? Go. This is Jaron Duran after the game on Tuesday. I've remarked, you've been a different player since this latest call-up. What's been the biggest difference for you? Um, just my teammates, you know, just being more open to talking to guys and not feeling like I'm bothering them and, and then being very open like JT and and Doogie and Kike really, you know, helping me out and telling me to keep working, keep working hard. And even when I mess up, they tell me like, hey, man, it's baseball. It happens. So just having those guys backing me up feels really good. So I saw I mean, Red Sox Twitter was running wild with this one. They were throwing names out there. They wanted social security numbers. They wanted the police involved. 
it got out of hand from what I saw. I didn't even tweet the video. Uh, I was looking at the replies that you were getting. Like I saw your clip popped off. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to let Tyler have his little moment here with the, with the viral clip. And But I was reading the replies and people were coming for Xander. People were coming for JD Martinez. People were coming for Nate Evaldi. They were just like any veteran that was on the team that isn't on the team now. They're like, this must be Jaron Duran throwing shade at them. And as someone who knows Duran a little bit, I don't think it's in his DNA to throw shade in a veiled manner. Like he's very just like blunt. He'll he'll if he wants to to crush it, he will. He'll just say it. Like if Jaron Duran felt the type of way about it, like a, a veteran in the clubhouse last year, he he would have just been like he would have just he would have said I don't think he would have danced around it. He's very just to the point kind of guy. So I I didn't I didn't take it as like oh my god shots fired. I think it was more just because the guys that he talked about like Justin Turner, um, like they're they're new guys. Like so I I think that like when there when there's like this big misconception about um clubhouse culture and uh i mean there definitely is something to you had mentioned at the end of last year like there was a little bit of a disconnect between the younger guys and the older guys yes like there is something to there being a divide between the younger guys and the older guys it feels more like because i think i think on the surface it comes off as like uh like bullying or like a high school environment where the seniors don't like the freshmen. I don't think it's that. I, I think it's more just a generational gap where the veterans in today's game are partly a dying breed. Like you, you, you think about like JD Martinez was groomed by Miguel Cabrera and Prince Fielder and Victor Martinez and, Sandra Bogarts came up under Mike Napoli and Johnny Gomes and John Lackey and Dustin Pedroia. Like those guys were groomed by uh, like the grizzly, like the stereotypical grizzly vet. And some of these younger guys, they're coming in to, I don't, it's not the right word, but it's just the first word that popped in my head, like softer clubhouses. Like you're not getting uh hazed and you're not uh being told like hey like carry the carry my bags or whatever like it's just it's just not like that it's a much softer environment um so i i don't think that the old school and new school kind of gel as much anymore so i i don't think that the younger guys were treated poorly it just may have felt like they were speaking two different languages. And when you can't communicate with someone because they speak a different language than you, then you kind of just like, all right, you just kind of go your separate ways. Like we don't speak the same language. So why would we try to communicate? That's what it feels like to me more so than like veterans making the younger guys lives of living hell. But like Justin Turner comes from that Dodger clubhouse culture where uh, it just, I mean, I've said it before about Mookie, just seems a little bit more fun over there at times. 
Um, it seems like we like the Mookie bets that exist with the Dodgers is not the Mookie bets that existed in Boston. He's just a different guy. And I don't think that he changed as a person. I think he was just more comfortable there or he felt like he could be himself more there. He didn't have to uh, hold himself to a different standard or carry himself in a different manner. He could just be Mookie Betts. Um, so hopefully that's changing. It sounds like it is, it, depending on how you interpret the Jaron Duran comments. Um, but again, I don't think that he was throwing shade at anyone. I think he was trying to just give compliments to the guys that um, took him under their wing and allowed him to feel more comfortable at the big league level. Because we're seeing that. Like he, he, and I said that to him the other day. I, I talked to him the other day. I was like, you seem more comfortable. He's like, yep. Like, I, I feel it. So I, I think it was more, it was meant to be a compliment to the guys that have been helpful to him this year, more so than a fuck you to the guys that were not helpful to him in years past. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty solid way to put it. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, I do think like, Last year, it seemed like Jaron Duran needed someone to put their arm around him. He needed someone to kind of be there. And he talked about it, how alone he felt like he felt like he couldn't, you know, open up or he didn't want to put his problems on anyone. And, you know, I read that section from Homegrown and I don't think it was like J.D. Martinez, like you said, or Xander Bogart's like bullying him or anything like that. I just think they were like, well, we're in a different light. Like we're trying to compete. We want to win. We want to be this team that's chasing you know, a world series. And then you have someone like Jaron Duran who needs time to figure it out, right? Like he, he needs time to take his bumps and learn how the big leagues work. Like Tristan Casas last year, uh, like Josh Winkowski, they needed to learn, like they needed to take these kind of bumps and bruises at the big league level. And I think JD Martinez and Xander Bogarts and just the part of that older clubhouse were like, man, we're trying to win. Like we're, we're not here to make this a transition phase or anything like that. Um, and I think when Kike talked about it during spring training, kind of saying we need some things to change, we need to, you know, have a little bit of a different approach. I think Justin Turner will be one of those guys that allows us. I go back to this comment Kike said about what made him work with the Dodgers. And he goes, I, of course, have a very different personality than a lot of people. I like to keep things loose and I'm a little bit out there. I can be really weird, but let me be myself at all times or but Dodgers teammates, let me be myself at all times. And that was huge for me. I think something that allowed me to be myself was that they recognized that I knew when it was time to separate, trying to be the Kike that's funny and the Kike that has to lock in and play the game. I think what you're seeing now is just a little bit of a looser environment where they're willing to put their arm around those guys. Someone like Kike Hernandez, Alex Verdugo. And I know some people were like, well, those guys were in the clubhouse last year. They fill different leadership roles here now. You know, Kike and Verdugo were not running that clubhouse. You know, last year, that was Xander Bogarts. That was J.D. Martinez. And, you know, the front office had created problems as well. But it just did not seem like the easiest environment for younger players to come into. I think when they built the clubhouse this year, the whole reason was to make it easier to make a transition possible for Jaron Duran, for Josh Winkowski, someone like Cutter Crawford, who's also really figuring it out and seemingly getting more comfortable. I just think it's a change, but I, I don't think he went in there. He was like, oh, I'm about to fucking shove it to all those other guys. No, it's just recognizing. Yeah, last year was not probably as easier an environment for guys to make mistakes and kind of figure things out this year. Bringing in someone like Justin Turner paved the way for that. And you're seeing some of the results, but I, I don't think it's a 
a fuck you or a way to look down on those guys. It's just somewhere in the middle. Uh, Jake, what did you think about Jaron Duran's comments? Yeah, I kind of think that he sort of just got caught up in like, okay, I'm back. I'm called up. There's a bunch of new guys on the team. I'm doing really well this year. And I think he's just like vibing with the clubhouse right now. I don't think he was really throwing any shade at last year's guys. I think he's more just happy with like how the new clubhouse culture has been for him so far this year. Hmm. That's probably fair. He's just not, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. I know people like maybe want that to be the narrative. Like they want like the spicy drama. Um, but you know what? Let me maybe, uh, if we, if, if we can get him on the podcast this weekend, which I'll, I'll work on that after we get off this. Um, let's, uh, let's ask him that. What do you mean by that? A little Drewski meme. I saw him. You did? I saw him live. What, like a couple weeks ago when he was here? Yeah, me and Martha went. And honestly, one of the best shows I've been into. Thanks for the the invite. Did you want to come? Yeah, I fucking love Drewski. I was drinking Blue Moon while I was there. I threw a couple back. You didn't tweet a picture? um, I I, I didn't know. It was was dark in there. Well, uh, that's why they put the flash on a camera. Yeah. Fucking idiot, but that's okay. Yeah. Next time, next time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jake, just write that down. Tyler can't take pictures in the dark because there's no f- function invented yet to be able Jake, to facilitate. Jake, write this down. Jared Kravis thinks keyboard's good. I mean, he throws 100. Can you throw 100? Um, No. Baseball season is in full swing and there are games on all day, every day. And when I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10G Network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And go Illinois. The Stop and Shop Look Ahead is brought to you by Stop and Shop. Go to your nearest Stop and Shop, and if you buy five pounds of tangerines, you will get five cents, no, 10 cents off each one of those tangerines, but you have to buy up to five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop using the promo code SECTION10. The guards are coming to town, Tyler. 
Do you have any? Uh, do, you have, do you have any? Yeah, Tito's in town. I'm gonna try and get Tito too because that. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Hey, listen, I'm gonna try. I don't know. I don't know. I'm working. I'm working the uh, the uh, the connects. Um, what are you? What's your off day plan? Honestly, I'm going to go to bed early because I miss mm-hmm. sleeping at a normal time during the middle of the week. I want to go to sleep at like eight. That's usually eight? my bed. That's, that's like not my bedtime during time, the, dude. That's during not... the off season for me, it no. is. Oh my! I'm an god. early riser. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm eight. gonna eat some pizza from my favorite local pizza shop. Yeah, I want to go to bed early to be nice and healthy. Anyway, I'm gonna get a fucking whole pizza. Really? <laughs> it's it. I want to feel rested, but I want to feel full and whole. It's sheet pizza. <laughs> Any pizza shops looking for a sponsorship or someone to, to run it, I am mm-hmm. looking for a pizza sponsor. Okay. Hit my line. Right. I prefer Square. Okay. Um, Jake, what are you doing for the off day? Anything? Uh, no plans yet. Probably just going to watch the Celtics. Celtics are what? 3-1? Three two? Three, two. three two now. Three two. That was a tough game last night. Brutal. I caught the end, but um, <laughs> just the Trey Young game winner. Uh, around there, roughly. So you're the bad luck charm. Uh, I mean, when I turned it on, they were up by one. So I don't know how much I had to do with that. If you'd like to blame me, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. But um, yeah, they were up by one when I put it on. And like some some guy was like shooting free throws. I think he hit it. So maybe they or no. Were they down one already? Who shot free throws? Is that Ricky Davis? Yeah. <sighs> I haven't watched the Celtics since like 2010. Not when much KG was out, I was out. That was your guy? Yeah, I loved KG a lot. So KG and Dennis Rodman were your guys. And obviously Ricky Davis. I had a Ricky Davis jersey. I bought, I bought a Ricky Davis jersey in 2005. Um, I had like an authentic Paul Pierce jersey that I got in probably 2006. I had a Ray Allen jersey before he stabbed us in the back whoa thank you and um yeah that's kind of it i mean i i I was like a casual observer during i mean i went to two finals games last year were you just there and you're like oh this team's nice like were you kind of figuring out as you went no i mean i uh i like i kind of paid attention to the run and then my dad had never been to the finals before so i took my dad you're a good guy. People you gonna take him again this year? Maybe. I mean, if it's against the Suns, I mean, I'm going in full Suns gear. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You That's have to. Team. It would only be right. Yeah. Suns out, guns out. Mm-hmm. Those are my guys. Big book. KD. KD. Yep. Yeah. Eaton. Who? Yeah. Uh, he's on the team too. Yep. Um, Nick Pavetta versus Zach Plezak. 
in the opener on Friday night. I'll be there, 7, 10 p.m. Garrett Whitlock versus my boy, Shane Bieber. Me, <laughs> me, uh, Kevin Pawecki and Shane Bieber have a group text going on where we just complain about life all the time. <laughs> Is Kevin Pawecki doing okay? No. Oh <laughs> no, he's stuck in. He had, there was a play the other day, uh, like he was behind the play. He's playing for like the Rochester Red Wings. He also shaved his beard into like a Jason Veritek '90s goatee. Like he just <laughs> lost it. Um, so he's behind the play for the Rochester Red Wings, and um, uh, there was like a play, <laughs> like in front of the plate, like up the first baseline. And him and the catcher, him and the pitcher just kind of like stumbled all over each other. And then he just like lays in the grass, like looking up at the sky. Like you could just see it in the body language. Like he was just like, please, God, just zap me out of here, please. Um, I hope he gets back to the big leagues. That is a that is a guy that I obviously root for immensely. Kevin Pawecki. But um, yeah, I mean, that's. That just like speaks to his character that he's still tight with pitchers that he worked with like three organizations ago or four organizations ago. Um, oh man, I I'll, I'll probably it's depending on what the factors are. I could probably get Biebs easily on the podcast this weekend for baseball's dead. Talk to him. Yeah, would he like I mean, to come like, play for the Red Sox one day? Yeah, I'd love to have him come here. I think that pull some strings. We would that would that would honestly make me so happy. Like I, uh, I love his his family's fucking awesome. Uh, His fiance is great. So we'll see. He's not related to Justin, right? No, but he he on Player Weekend he wore like his nickname was not Justin, and then Justin Bieber custom ordered. Guardians jersey and then the nameplate said not Shane. Wow. Yeah. Like the real Justin Bieber did that. <sighs> you would love Shane Bieber. He's honestly just like a very he, I I feel weird using this word. He's a very sweet and kind man. That makes me feel like safe and comfortable. Yeah. You can definitely feel safe around him. He's just like a kind gentle human being when he was uh got off to that hot start in the playoffs last year i was campaigning for a shane bieber trade so one day i would still love that i would still love that someday we'll see but it's your boy gara whitlock versus my boy shane bieber that's saturday i'm just saying that's a sneaky very very big start for gara whitlock like the red sox badly need him to get going yeah, I mean, he's been a mixed bag. So it's like, are you going to step up and be good now? Or are you just going to kind of be super inconsistent? So that is a 4-10 start. Garrett Whitlock versus Shane Bieber. Then you have Chris Sale versus Cal Quantrill on Sunday. It's a one thirty-five start. Um, okay. The Guardians. I didn't realize this are under 500. They're hovering 13. right around, right? They're 11 and 13. Yeah, no, they're 12 and 13. So they must have won today. They were playing the Rockies, I believe. All right, so they're 12 and 13. 
All right. Zach Plezak is one and one with a 650 ERA, a 183 whip and a 6.5 strikeouts per nine. Uh, He was supposed to be really good at one point and he has struggled. His whip. His whip is almost two. Jesus. Um, Of pitchers this year to allow 29 plus hits. He has the third fewest innings pitched at 18, only four starts. Um, despite his contact issues, Plezak has a 399 FIP, showing that his high ERA may be a fluke, but his allowed slash line is 354, 384 on base, 524 slugs. That's a 908 OPS. Um, his slider is his number one pitch for the first time. He's thrown that 44% of the time compared to a career average around 22%. Uh, his only pitch with a batting average below 400 and a slug before, below uh, 600. His changeup might be the worst pitch in baseball. Hitters are 5 for 10 with two home runs off of it this year. He's not striking anyone out. He's in the 12th percentile. Um, despite all this, the Guardians are 3-1 and one when he starts including a game uh, where he only went one inning, seven hits, six earned runs. Uh, Red Sox hitters have not had a ton of success. 216, 275, 405, 680 on, uh, OPS. Uh, Devers and Verdugo have the extra base hits. Uh, if I recall, Rafael Devers owns that ass. Remember last year when Cal Quantrill walked off the mound screaming and Devers just like stared at him? Yeah, but this is Zach Zach. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, Shane Bieber, my guy, one and one, three twenty three ERA, a one seventeen WHIP, and a six point five strikeouts per nine. Uh, yeah, where the fuck are the strikeouts, Biebs? Come on. In twenty twenty, he led Major League Baseball with a fourteen point two strikeouts per nine. Uh, that has gone down every year since twelve point five in twenty twenty one, eight point nine last year, now six point five. Uh, he's not getting swings and misses anymore. He was perennial, perennially in the 97th or better percentile, now sits in the 31st. In 2021, he had four pitches with over, over 31% whiff rate, including three over 42% whiff rate. This year, he has one pitch above 28%, and it's his cutter, which is 31%. Uh, everything plays off his fastball, so his drop in velocity, uh, that would make a lot of sense if that were the reason for this. 90.8 miles per hour this year. Um, it was 94.1 in 2020 when he won the Cy Young, uh, 92.8 in 2021, and 91.3 last year. So he's losing about a mile per hour a year on his fastball, which is not good. Uh, his numbers are still solid, though. 323 ERA. Uh, with a 372 uh, FIP, so he's not he's not getting lucky. He's just he's just finding a way. He's figuring it out. He's gone five and two thirds or more in all five of his starts this year, and he's let he's yet to allow more than three earned runs in a start. He's allowed three earned runs in three out of five starts. Uh, one start with seven strikeouts. The other four total, fifteen. Guardians. This is weird. Because Plezak hasn't had good numbers. They're what? Three and one? Guardians are one and four in Shane Bieber's starts this year, despite him uh, putting up some pretty good numbers. 
Red Sox, 286, 327 on base, 490 slug. That's an 817 OPS, a double, three home runs. And one of those home runs belongs to Rafael Devers. He's three for 11 against Biebs with a 1091 OPS. Verdugo has a uh, one for two showing. That one is a home run. Cal Quantrill has not been good this year. One and two, a 540 ERA, a 164 whip, and a 5.4 strikeouts per nine. Uh, this, as Tyler was mentioning, is the little bitch that was staring down Rafael Devers in the box last summer after a strikeout, uh, only to give up a home run to him in the very next at-bat later in the game. Uh, and he sucks. Second percentile in whiff rate, ninth in chase rate, uh, fifth in strikeout percentage, 18th in expected batting, 25th in expected slug, uh, 22nd in fastball velocity, pussy. <laughs> Uh, just like Plezak, he's getting knocked around the park this year, allowing 11.9 hits per nine. He's allowed seven plus hits in three out of five starts this year. His only good start this year was against the Tigers. His last time out, he got his ass handed to him by the Colorado Rockies. Three and a third, eight hits, five earned run, couple walks, two strikeouts, a homer and a loss. Uh, players this season are hitting 303 with a 350 on base, 782 OPS. Uh, does not have a single pitch with a whiff rate over 18. The Guardians are 3-2 and two in his games. Again, he is a little bitch. And the Red Sox as a team are hitting 321 with a 342 on base and a 906 OPS, four doubles, five home runs in 82 plate appearances against him. Uh, Devers, three for eight, double homer. And then Justin Turner. Surprisingly enough, as a NL guy, his whole career, four for eight, double homer. San Diego days. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, I'm just going to say hand up, by the way. I'm, I trust your information. I'm an idiot, and I'm looking at the probable pitchers, and it's inaccurate. So that's why I was uh, speaking about Cal Quantrill way too early. Hmm. Um, them's be the pitchers. So, uh, yeah, Nikki P. Um, yeah, I mean, he sucked against the Angels. The Red Sox are two and two in his starts. Guardians hitters are hitting him at a 300 clip, basically 295 with a 712 OPS. Uh, your boy Whitlock. Um, I mean, it's been a long time since he had all red on his baseball savant page. His FIP sucks because of all the home runs. Basically, Guardians 280 with a 589. That's weird. I guess it's just like they've hit him for like a bunch of singles. The Guardians hitting 280 with a 589 OPS against Gary Whitlock. Um, Josh Naylor has the only extra base hit. And then you've got Chris Sale and his dog shit 822 ERA. Uh, yeah, Guardians, 227, 340 on base, 273 slugs, 612 OPS. Uh, Mike Zanino, <laughs> that'll be the matchup to watch. 0 for 15 with nine strikeouts in his career against Chris Sale. Damn. Bounce back Chris Sale start? Could be. I mean, that that seems to me 
like a good fit. Like I'll look it up right now. What the the guards, the guards' offense is doing in terms of strikeout percentage. They are, as far as the league is concerned, they strike out the second fewest in Major League Baseball. Not a good recipe for Chris Sale. Yeah, that is the the lowest strikeout percentage in the American League. Only the Nats have struck out less. Than uh, I will also say, probably not a great recipe for Garrett Whitlock either. Someone who's struggling to miss bats. Wow, so you're saying the Red Sox are getting swept. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just speaking my thoughts that are coming from inside of me. Okay. <clears throat> All right, prediction time. I'm going to go with... Jake first. This one's got to be a Red Sox sweep. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of a Red Sox sweep, at least from from you. <laughs> we sound so depressed this episode. Well, I mean, they fucking lost the series, Tyler. You want us to be oh, happy? No. Uh, no, no. I'm just used to positive, positive energy lately. <laughs> no. No. Tyler, what do you get in this series? I never feel good when Terry Francona is coming back to Fenway because I just feel like there's a there's a bad karma. There's a bad karma to how he was uh, forced out. But I'm looking at Garrett Whitlock and Chris Sale. They need to get their ass together here if they're going to get this starting rotation where it needs to go. Um, don't love Nick Pavetta in this series, but I think the Red Sox, after an off day, getting a little bit of a breather. Chris Martin back in the mix. The bullpen should be going. I think we we at least get a really good start out of Chris Hill or Whitlock. One of them gives you something and you find a way to win the other. I'll take two out of three. <laughs> um I got I got one out of three. Wow. Negative. Let's go Red Sox. Let's, Let's go, go Red Sox. Sox. Let's, Let's go, go Red Sox. No Red Sox. <laughs> the fact that the Guardians don't strike out a ton makes me concerned about Chris Sale. Uh, as you mentioned, it also makes me concerned about Whitlock. I think if they win a game in this series, uh, I like it to be the opener. Um, but we're talking Zach Plesak, Cal mm-hmm. Guantrill. Those are two guys the Red Sox should hit. Yeah, but the Guardians should also hit Chris Sale. And I just, I mean, Bieber has pitched well against Boston. Garrett Whitlock is kind of a bum. Um, Whoa, Jesus. What? What? He, He's he a bum? Is he Garrett Whitlock's good? a bum? Uh, he gave you one of your best starts of the season. Thanks. Thanks for the one fucking good start, dude. Getting line well, We know you don't appreciate one start. Yeah, exactly. And Chris Sale. Yeah, get, get in line with fucking Corey Kluber and Chris Sale as the, the one good start club. Let's make it two. We're going to make it yeah. two, baby. Trust me, I, I want them to do well, but until I see it, I don't really, I don't know what the fuck you want from me. <laughs> Just interesting, I'm, this line you draw I'm, with them. There should be, there should be a prize at the end of the year for most correct series predictions because if there was, I think that you would see people like Tyler have the balls to sometimes pick a series loss like me. 
I, I picked plenty down the stretch last year. Don't oh, even and, spare and, me. And, and you know who raised spare. their hand last oh, week and when said, they were in last place in fucking September, you thought they were going to fucking lose well, to the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. If you want to go back and listen to the, oh, fuck you and fuck spare the horn right me now and fuck off. Fuck you. Last episode, I said, you know what? I'm starting to feel a one out of three from the Orioles and you. Oh, no. It's a sweep. It's a sweep. What's wrong with you? And I said, I I felt it in my heart and you made me turn away from my heart. So then stop caving the peer pressure. Be your own man. I'm teaching you life lessons. All I'm saying is I let your positivity inside of me and I regretted it after. This new. It's a jingle. <laughs> what is this? dramatic like that felt important I'm just telling you to listen to your heart is all listen to mine not yours yeah that's why I went with two out of three and I wasn't a bitch picking one out of three okay we'll find out we'll find out this weekend when me and Jake are at Fenway wishing Tyler was there, but he's not going to go because he's a whipped little bitch boy. And uh, Whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we'll see you on Sunday for the podcast. And um, just as always, Tyler. Listen to your heart. Buenas noches, amigos.